Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. message is simple, love God and love people. This is the theme that we've been on and I think it's just the best theme. I actually think that it's, that's it. That, if you could understand Christianity, that's it. Um, it's so simple, um, but it's ridiculously deep and, and, and profound and, and um, mysterious at the same time. It's honestly, church, if we could get that we're going to explode as a church, not only um, in number, but in fruitfulness in our, in our life. This is what counts. This is everything. We, we, we fulfill everything that God wants to happen on this earth when we just do that. That's it. It's, that's it. This is the message. And um, I love it. I, I um, got to preach a couple of weeks ago on this message I, I really do believe that it is the, the total package. This is what we're on about um, as a Christian. So, um, noses are really cool, right? Um, the human nose is quite an interesting thing. Just look at my wife's nose. It's, um, it's a s- perfect smelling machine. I could go to work and I could walk in the door and kind of be like... Did you dance in a field of dandelions before you went to work? Wait. Um, and did you also go to a bakery and, and order a, a pepper steak pie? Um, no, seriously, everyone's heaps... Uh, give me a lot of encouragement this morning. Um, everyone's a little bit scared to laugh, I know, because you're wondering what's Candace going to do to you if you do laugh. But seriously, Candace's nose is incredible, you smell things that I are unaware of. Um, so have a good look at my wife's nose today. It's amazing. It's something to behold. It's very, very powerful. Um, and very, very beautiful too. It's a good nose. Um, but about noses, all these... Um, brain doctor guys, that's what I like to call them anyway, uh, brain doctor guys, I'm sure they're into the science, sciences, uh, whatever, these brain doctor science guys, they have actually, no, this is, this is in all honesty, this is true, out of all our five senses, the nose and its ability to um, sense smell or sense fragrance, don't ask me to explain it all, but it has the longest memory out of all the senses. You can be taken back to a memory from a smell more than you can from a touch or seeing something, hearing something, tasting something. Smell is the one that has the longest memory, which I, I think is pretty interesting. And I've, I've had these moments in life where I'll be 
walk on along or, or go somewhere and I'll smell something and I instantly get taken back to this amazing feeling of, of uh, safety or something. It reminds me of my parents' house. There's something, I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but the smells, it, it, it takes me back to these good, warm, fuzzy feelings or smell something. It's like, oh, that's my um, grandma and granddad's house. What? Oh, that smells amazing. I haven't been to my grandma and granddad's house in like 20 years, but... Um, these things can just trigger, uh, smelliness can trigger memories. There could, be, there could be some horrific memories that we have. I know I've got some horrific memories. I know Candace definitely has some horrific memories of smell that are attached to certain fragrances. Uh, but nevertheless, I find that very interesting. Uh, <laughs> And, but isn't it funny, we, we, we smell these things that take us back to this good memory, but we don't actually know what the smell is. We don't know what it's coming from, we just recognise the smell. You know what I'm saying? People are laughing at me, but I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, yeah. And then, so anyway, let's just think about that for a little while, and I'll move on. Uh, love, which is what we're all about at the moment... It has to be the most mystical, swirling force that's moving throughout the universe. It's one of the things that move us, that can touch us, uh, that can inspire us, it can baffle us. It's, it's baffled those head doctor guys, those brain guys, uh, for quite a while. They can't put their finger on what exactly it is or how it works. Or um, It's just... a seriously incredible, incredible force. It's something that um, it, it makes the world go around. Love, this supernatural thing called love. It's incredibly uh, known, but it's incredibly mysterious at the same time. And we're just going to have a look today at a passage of Scripture which talks about love and to, to be honest, guys, love is, love is the thing. This is, this is the topic, guys. This is the topic. Love is where it's at. Love, everything comes back to love. And we're going to go to a passage of Scripture in 1 John. And if we could move to 4, 1 John 4, and we're going to start at 7. We'll go through to 12, and we'll just take a bit of a look at this uh, passage on love. And it says... Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What a beautiful, beautiful passage of scripture. Um, it's, it's got some of those statements in it that has always been so interesting to me throughout my Christian faith. 
filled with intrigue, that passage for me, it is. Um, God is love. Did I speak like Yoda then? Sorry, guys. Who loves Star Wars? Um, what a great, great uh, saga that is. Um, love Star Wars. Love Yoda. Bless him, Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's got these crazy, uh, you know, God is love. Man, that is such a, whoa, that's an interesting statement right there, isn't it? Um, Another one that always used to just get me was everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It's just one of those profound uh, passages. We can get a lot out. So we're just going to have a quick look at this passage of Scripture and see what we can find. So in verse 7, uh, if we go back to verse 7, it's already there, we can see um, an interesting statement. Love comes from God. This mysterious force that's swirling throughout the universe, what is it? Where's it come from? We find that love comes from God. Uh, love, as Christians understand it, is not a human achievement. It is divine in its origin. Um, it is a gift from God, this, this incredible, powerful force that moves and touches us is from God. In verse 8, we see another crazy statement that I've already touched on. It's that God is love. God is love. Now, I'm going to read something out to you guys, and I want you to, if you're taking notes, write it down. This is, this is phenomenal, Okay. God is love. What does that mean? What does it mean that God is love? Uh, this statement, God is love, it's, it's regarded by many theologians as probably the most powerful couple of words, uh, three words, couples only two, um, in the whole Bible put together. It's just, it's loaded. It is loaded with so many implications um, but let's just have a look. Let's have a look. Let's cut to the chase, so they say. Uh, here we go. God is love. This means more than God is loving or that God sometimes loves. It means that he loves not because he finds objects worthy of his love, but because it is his nature to love. His love for us depends not on what we are, but on what he is. He loves us because he is that kind of God, because he is love. Okay, I just want to read this out again. God is love means more than God is loving or that God sometimes loves. It means that he loves not because he finds objects worthy of his love, but because it is his nature to love. It's in his nature to love. His love for us depends not on what we are or what we can do, but on what he is. He loves us because he is that kind of God, because he is love. God is love. That is a prof it is just an incredible revelation to, to capture. A lot of people think that God loves. No, God is love. He can't not love. He can't not. There's never a moment 
where God cannot love. And that goes for everyone. That goes for everyone of all time. It doesn't stop. The Bible says that this love is never-ending. It's like God. Love is, God is love. Love is like God. It's infinite. Has no limit. It never stops. It's a continual force that will never cease. God is love. He can't not love us. Powerful. In verse 9, we come across God's love on display. God showed his great love for us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He loved us that much so that we could enjoy life in all of its fullness. Absolutely incredible. Have you got verse 9 up there? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And in verse 10, uh, we, we, let's just have a look at verse 10. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his, <coughs> excuse me, his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. We didn't do anything that warranted God to sort our problem out. It's not like we, were, we, we got to this point in human history where we convinced God that, okay, yeah, yeah, it's time. You guys, yeah, okay, you guys are worth loving. We, we've done nothing to do that. We, we, we could never um, get that. It, it's, it's, it's free. It's from him. It's because he cannot not do it. He just loved us. And he put it all on display when he um, put Jesus on earth, when he put himself on earth. It's just a beautiful, beautiful display. We didn't do anything to warrant uh, God sorting out our problems. We didn't move him to a place where God was like, oh, look what they did. I'm going to sort out their problems. Um, He loved us first and always will. He cannot not love us. He loved us first. In my last preach two weeks ago, I said that the thing behind the thing behind the thing of everything, the thing, you know, when we look at what is this life, where is it going, what is it about, when you get back to the thing, you get back, you get back to what it's all about, there's a God that's just loving. That's, that's it. There's a God that's loving. He loved us first, and that's it. And that is something that I find just so beautiful, so profound. This love as well, each time that this scripture uses the word love, it speaks, uh, so if you, if you would go to the Greek, I, I think many of us have, have heard and, and come across all the different Greek uh, words for love. Eros is um, one of my personal favorites, and I love to love Candace um, with that love, and it's good. We've got two children. It's amazing. Um, but no, there's another one called agape love. And this one is what this passage of scripture is talking about, agape love. Many of us know it. And, and the agape love, really what it's about is unconditional love. Um, it's an unconditional love. It, it loves without expecting anything in return. It's a self-sacrificing love. It is a perfect love. Um, it's beautiful. Agape love. That's what we're talking about. Um, so let's, let's move on to verse 11. We, we find something. Let's have a look at verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, 
we also ought to love one another. Uh, love, this agape love, is not meant to just um, move to an object and stay in the object. This agape love, it, it's, it sort of becomes almost pointless if it just goes to this spot and then doesn't move. The whole point of this love is that it is a movement. This love is a movement. It moves in, it hits this one, and it moves on, and it moves on, and it moves on. This is the love that's swirling all around us at all times. This is the love that God is showering upon the earth at all times. It's never-ending. And the way it works is, and the way it works really well, which we'll find out in, in the next verse, is that it works best when it's moving. It doesn't work best when it's just still. Uh, let's have a look at verse 12. <clears throat> no one has ever seen God. Candace reckons she saw God behind her in this place. I don't know, maybe she's some sort of heretic. Uh, um, so are all the other prophets in the Bible that said they saw God. No, so let me just quickly say some things that uh, <laughs> make sense of that. That is talking about the complete picture of God. No one's ever seen God in his whole completeness. He gives us glimpses right? It gives us glimpses, and they're, they're partial pictures of God. So yes, you, can, you, you may have seen God before, but it's only in, 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 in a partial form. It's not in his totality. That's what he's talking about. He's, it's not contradicting the whole of the prophets that have had visions. It's very, very clear that it's talking about the totality of God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. How is it made complete in us? If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Here it mentions nobody has ever seen God yet. Luke, we've already went on that. Um, this isn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just moving along. Um, it is in Christ that we see God most accurately. <clears throat> love for one another shows that God lives in us and we love and when we love God lives in us. Yes, Luke, we've pretty much already gone through that. Then, the amazing part, which I find um, really quite amazing, is that it says that God's love is made complete in us when we love others. And if you were to look at this and, and, and look at it in another way, it could be seen as God's love reaches its aim. God's love reaches its aim when we love others. The whole point of God's love is fulfilled when we love others. Loving others is the point of God's love loving us. Yes, we get to love God back, but his love isn't complete until we love others because it's too good to be just taken in and kept for ourselves. It's too good even just to send back to the, to the sender. It's got to go on. It's got to move. It's, gotta, it's, it's too wild. It's too ferocious. It's too explosive to be contained. It must be passed on. It must be passed on. And when we do that, God's love is made complete in us. Love that. Absolutely love it. Now, when it talks about loving others, I know that um, we may find it somewhat easier to love the people that can give the love back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, gets, it gets a little bit easier. Or we love people, it's easier to love people that are well-to-do and, and that they're, 
they're, they're nice people or love the leadership and, and all that kind of stuff. We find it kind of easy, I guess. And um, the Bible talks so many times about loving those less fortunate, loving those that are, in, for want of better words, beneath you. Ones, and, and what that basically means is loving those that can't give that love back, right? And it says what you do to the least of these. You know, it, it, he's, the Bible is constantly encouraging us to love people that are less fortunate, probably unable to reciprocate the kind of love that you're sharing upon them. And that is held in such high regard. There's a lot of people around the world that have found that so um, profound, so uh, mysteriously, uh, it, it resonates. In, there's something about that love. When, when we get told to love people that are less fortunate, when we get told to love people that are not able to return the love back to us the way that we've just given it to them, it, it does, it, 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 something clicks in us. And the reason why it clicks in us is because we recognize this love, because it's the love that God gave us. We are those people that cannot possibly return the love as beautifully and as extravagantly as we'd received it. And so we see this imagery and we become Jesus in the world and we love others with a love that has no conditions on it, with this agape love that the scriptures are encouraging us to do. This unconditional, self-sacrificial love is to be passed on. And in that, people are starting to recognize something. They, they, they start to see mirror, mirror images of something far bigger. They're, they're recognizing something that is beyond me loving them. They, they sometimes might be able to sense that there's something bigger than this person loving me. Something bigger is loving me. It's not just them. That love's too big. It's too too big and somewhat familiar. Um, and so about smelling, <laughs> uh, I just want to propose a thought. If we go back to verse 7, there's something that I find really interesting. It's one of those statements that we, we read out before. It says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And I find that very intriguing. Stay with me as I try and just have this last little thought unpacked before we go and love each other and have a delicious lunch. Just let's unpack this little thought. Um, everyone has been created by God in his image. And anyone who loves with this agape kind of love, this, uh, you know, unconditional love, which many people do. You've ever seen a parent with their child? Have you ever seen, there's some people I know in my street that unconditionally love their family. It's beautiful. Um, So when people do that, it seems that they are mysteriously tapped into the source which springs from God. Love comes from God. When people are using this, we've all been created by God. And we're all sort of connected somehow, and they're seemingly tapping into the source when they choose to love this way. They don't, might not know what it's about, but they know it's good, and they, they just function in that way. Um, 
so even if they're unaware, if they love, they somehow know God. And I imagine it so much like the smell, that smell. They, they, they don't know what it is. They don't know where it's come from. It's familiar. So that when we go out and love our neighbor, when we go out and love the people in our street, the people that we come across, if we do it unconditionally, self-sacrificially, all of a sudden they're like, I, I know that. How, what, what is that? What is that love? And when you introduce God to these people through unconditional love, no conditions, unconditional love, when we introduce God to them that way, they're like, oh, love, that's what it is. Agape love, unconditional love, that's what it is. I know that, oh, wait, it's God. Oh, that's what it is. I know God, yeah. Feel like I was always meant to know this guy. Feel like he's always been there. I don't know what it is, but God, I, I totally get you now. Unconditional love, God is love. This is it, I understand, God. And this is how we do it. We gotta love, it says love God and love others, but it is talking about a love that has no conditions, a love that is self-sacrificing. And when we do that, all of a sudden smells come out, oh, there's something resonating inside of them. It's something that can't be denied. It's something that is in the core of, of most people. So if in the very um, unfortunate and strange uh, instance that you might come across someone that's never experienced or given uh, unconditional love, imagine what it would feel like, imagine what it would smell like to them, how sweet the smell would be if they were to receive unconditional love. And if you were to love them and introduce God to them with unconditional love, what are they smelling? Nothing but sweetness, nothing but goodness. And all of a sudden, they're like, Wow, this, what's this? This love, this love, this God. Wow, I could smell that all day. This is our mandate, church, to love without condition. Um, and, and I think that we do a really good job of that, and I can't wait to see us continue to do it and do it well. I'm just really believing that out, out, of all the things that our church could be known for, I'd love for us to be known for our love, our unconditional love that we shower upon anyone and everyone that comes through these doors, that we shower upon all of our neighbors and friends. It's, it's where it's at, this love. We've got to love God and love people. Um, yeah, that's it, church. It's, it's, where, it's where it all comes together it's what it's all about so my prayer is is that we could be a beautiful smell to people instead of a funky one when we go and share this unconditional love which we have received through God and which we have seen so beautifully displayed through Jesus Christ the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that came to lay down his life for us why because he loved us first he couldn't not love us he loved us so much that He laid down His life so that we could be found um, sinless and receive and enjoy and be connected to the source. It's just, how good is God? So good. My prayer is, is that we can love just like God loved us. 
And as we do that, I believe we're going to touch lives in the most profound way. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our days.